When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. gentlemen we are back for another edition of phly union podcast listen we have some roster decisions to talk about the mls cup we have our two teams it's not our philadelphia union of course but welcome on in of course i am one of your hosts jp zapata join as always renee washington renee (laughs) how you feeling i'm pretty good i'm excited uh you know happy to be here that's all i got <laughs> just happy to just be happy here. to be here guys just happy to be here uh, i am i'm like cold though i feel like this time of year i crank up my heat and apparently not everybody else does um and so <laughs> i need to start and when you guys start to see me in my like oversized fluffy you know whatever sherpa types of things like that's why i'm just i'm chilly i chili so no, that's about it that's all i got this I'm studio is definitely a little odd because like i'll wear a hoodie and i'm like sweating but then i go wear a t-shirt and i'm freezing so i'm with you i understand so your, your my, one of my biggest pet peeves and i deal with this in the summertime even worse because i'm you're always in shorts and a t-shirt mm-hmm. is i can't stand like i need temperatures to be the same so walking from place to place it might be cool in one room warm in another room and i can't keep up I i'm know. just so i just i'm one you will always see me in like Especially if I can be in sweats or something, sweats, hoodies, and a blanket, and socks and slippers, because I need—I don't like being cold. Like it's very uncomfortable. You're preaching Clearly. to the choir. Clearly, <laughs> I just would like some consistency because, like, I know like it's freezing, it's a little damp here today, and I know oh, this so weekend it might out. be like in the 70s. So, like, that's the other part. I struggle nice. with that. I can't. So then, what makes it worse is—and welcome into a BHOI podcast, King Crabs, the first one here. What makes it more annoying, like I work out a lot in the morning or I'm just up early nice. in the morning outside. And when I go in, it's completely different temperature than when I come out. So That's I'll go worse. in and I'll wear like sweatpants over like my leggings because I just am a freak and whatever. <laughs> um, I'll have like sweatpants over my leggings. I have all my layers on. I come out and I'll be sweating. And I know it's just because I worked out, but like the sun will be out and now it's warm. So I don't know. It's just. Uh, it's wild it's wild you have to be prepared for everything <laughs> unlike the union this season at some time so. oh yeah oh my goodness hey. well yes we have the ups and downs <laughs> i see you're sitting in the same seat of, yes you and, and our co-worker fletcher cox were sitting in the same seat so there you go there you go guys um but as you mentioned the up and down of the weather has been pretty on par with the up and down of the start to the offseason for the union yeah. uh, some surprises as you know we heard the initial Reports coming out, and of course, even as Jim Curtin went through the presser, and we heard from Ernst Tanner as well, and we've been hearing all the updates of the focus, the thoughts, you're getting asked about the future of the team, so we definitely have a lot to get into, so we'll move away from our meteorologist talk and weather talk (laughs) and get into all the what's hot and what's not going on around the Philadelphia Union, because JP, I'm pretty surprised at some things. Now, we're going to get into... Kai Wagner and Ali Bedoya. I think we got we have to wait because first we we've got to, we've got to set the room. Yeah, we got to set the table first before we dig in and, and start on the main entree. Now, as the rosters were announced and the news broke through, I know we talked last week about you know who what's the future going to look like, who's going to be locked in, who do we expect is going to come back, who do we think is possibly not going to come back, and the announcements came out um, that the union exercised the contract options on seven players from the 2023 roster. 18 contracts were already guaranteed for next season, of course. So it gives the club the, a roster that currently has 25 players under contract for 2024. And in that list of players that have been optioned or their options that have been exercised, whatever correct terms you want to use, uh, Chris Donovan, Leon Flock, 
Damian Lowe, Jeremy Raffanella, Joaquin Torres, Holden Trent, and of course, Julian Carranza. So what were your initial thoughts when you heard the news about this? Because also within that, the option decline was on Anton Sorensen. Players out of a contract, on, according to this, of course, Joe Bendick, Kai Wagner, Ali Bedoya, and then on loan is Richard Odata. Yeah, no, I mean, I think for options exercise, not too many surprises. I'll get to the surprise at the end here. But Carranza, obviously, thought is you're going to get a big big chunk of dough from mm-hmm. Julian Carranza in a potential sale. So obviously that makes 110% sense. Chris Donovan, they want to continue seeing more from him. He's obviously taken some big steps this year. Leon Flock, you kind of feel for him. It was a tough year with the injuries. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we talk about Damian Lowe and the play he's had this year. It was probably the he was the best signing that we had last offseason. Jeremy Rafael, another player you want to see some more of. Uh, Holden Trent is another one of those players you want to see some more of. But Joaquin Torres is the head scratcher here because mm. this is a player that we saw as the season went on when you needed bodies, especially as a number 10 or just some attacking mm-hmm. threat. Joaquin Torres had his minutes kind of cut off. And yeah. so while we're at the end of the season, you know, Daniel Gazak's going through his injury, going through international play as well in that as well. We're wondering why Joaquin Torres is not getting enough minutes. And when he does get out there, it just kind of seems like he just doesn't fit in and he's mm-hmm. just doing way too much. I've talked about, I alluded to that before. So that was really the true surprise. Now, Jim in the press conference did talk about him not using him, Pereira and Lowe in the best abilities. And mm-hmm. he's going to learn from that. But I mean, I just don't see what you're trying to fit in. Cause like yeah. I, I, when I look at Joaquin Torres, like you're just trying to fit in a piece that just doesn't fit in here. So I don't, just don't know exactly what Jim was kind of looking at there, but that to me is my biggest surprise so far. Mm, that's a good point. And we definitely saw Torres had some expectations coming in For and, sure. you know, didn't really ever have an opportunity. I know uh, we spoke a little bit about that before in terms of like who surprised in a good way and who maybe didn't. And, Joaquin Torres is one of those guys that you just, you're just, are you just taking up a roster space? You know, that but maybe, no but I will say Jim did talk a lot about Torres in practice and that's where he saw a lot of his growth and progression happening that he was, you know, a guy that was always working hard. He was always bringing a high level, which is why he got opportunities so what late happened in the in season. Game time, though? But that's, and, and listen, I know people don't want to hear this, but soccer is a sport more likely than others where you can have a practice player where a person is very good in practice. That was oh, me. you were that? That was me. <laughs> Seriously? I don't know what it was. I guess just at the young age. In I was what sport? Football. Football. So I was, and you know me, oh, I'm a hard worker. So I what? was always the one that would put in the work, but I wasn't always the most talented. So when it came to game time and I got a kid that's double my size and I'm playing defensive end, things didn't go so well. <laughs> so would you like freeze up or did you more? I think it was more of an anxiety too and like okay. the pressure, like, cause I wasn't getting consistent snaps at that time so i was like dude i gotta go out here and i gotta get a sack i gotta get a tackle for a loss and then i was just doing way too much so maybe that was joaquin's problem you're, you're onto something yeah there are some people i was never that person i was never i was never just a practice player in fact i tended to be the opposite like i loved games you shine I loved in the lights the oppo- <laughs> i love the opportunity to compete in the biggest <laughs> moments and in fact i was one that like i would say the bigger the game the more, like, if it was a close game, it was an overtime game, like, that's when I really would, was was stepping up. But, like, blowout games or whatever. Although practice, I was pretty consistent, too. But it's there are a lot of players that are practice players. And, you know, when you look at someone like Joaquin Torres, to hear that he was playing so well in practice, and we saw spurts of it in games, but you also wonder with more minutes. But I also, mm-hmm. on the other side, I'm going to, like, play devil's advocate to my own argument – you don't earn minutes in games. You earn minutes in practice. And over time, those minutes should grow. So, you know, especially late in the season, that's not the time to be increasing your minutes. You either had done it in practice or you haven't. So yeah. I know Dominic's in the chat. Uh, first up, of all, Dom? welcome in, Dom. Uh, Babita, welcome in. Dom is talking about it sound like Torres might get traded based on the way Jim sounded in the presser yesterday. And... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, it definitely sounded like Torres, maybe he is being used for a future trade option. Um, who knows? Be, but what I do know be. is, by the way, King Crab, I don't cheat, I compete. Hey. Damn, that should be on a shirt. <laughs> I don't cheat, I compete. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, baby. I and I win, uh, Tyler, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I will say, I will say, if you ask anybody that has known me more than a year, it doesn't take long to figure this out. I compete, but if I don't think I can win, I don't like to get beat, and then I got to cheat. Okay? 
Bam. I'm going to just throw it out there. I just like, I'd rather <laughs> cheat and win than lose and play fair. She sound like an Argentine. I know. It's not a great thing to say this publicly, but whatever. All right. It's not Speaking about me, though, JP. It's not about me, Tyler. Leave me alone, guys. It's just like, so it's like as a perspective <laughs> of a fan. So, like, Joaquin Torres comes in game one against the Eastern Conference representative, now Columbus Crew. Right. Gives us the play of the season. If it wasn't mm -hmm. for Carranza's bicycle kicker, Brujo's banger in Orlando, this man had a beautiful spin move, two spin moves, a great assist to Carranza. And we're all thinking El Sino <laughs> 2.0, baby. And then as time went on, he kind of disappeared from there. But yeah, so back to it. it. It is very interesting. It could be a potential piece going down the line. Um, one one thing to definitely keep an eye out for is David Vasquez. Mm -hmm. So Larry Henry, yes. he, he's our representative, always on top of Union 2. Great beat writer for us. Absolutely. Under 17 prospect here for the U.S. Men's National Team as well. And he's a kid that they are negotiating a contract to sign him as a homegrown player. Mm -hmm. So could he potentially be competing for some time as well? I'm not necessarily a big fan of that. I would rather find a different option, a young option. We always talk about this too, to compete with that. But I just don't see how a player who obviously, like I hear your argument about practice. I get that. But obviously in games, he had a tough time of finding play, plays to make. Mm -hmm. And his minutes got dwindled as the season went on. So I just don't see the point of this, but we'll, we'll see if Vasquez can push and we'll see if Torres can change it around 24. Yeah. So back to your point about Torres, I think it is interesting when you have a player that has those like, it's almost like you caught lightning in a bottle yeah. and they have these really big flashes and you are getting excited because you think, oh, they, you know, this is going to be a guy that's, you know, they're turning a corner. They're going to be someone that can get some good minutes that can help. But then you never see that again. And unfortunately, there's like practice players and then there's just inconsistent players where you just maybe the talent isn't fully there, but you work hard. And so every once in a while, you know, hey, a broken clock can be correct twice out of the day. And so can <laughs> a, a bad player that, or a struggling player, I should say, that every once in a while has a good play. So I just think to me, that's where the separation of like someone like Joaquin Torres might not have it. He has potential. So we see it in spurts. But it's another thing to be able to do that game in and game out. 51 games a team plays last year. You've got to be able to bring that same level every single game. That's what usually separates top players from that next tier. And I don't think Torres, uh, we saw it in spurts, but we haven't seen anything to make us believe that he has the ability to be a consistent, you know, roster piece that's going to give you big minutes and give you big plays. On the other side for David Vasquez, I know you guys in the chat are jumping in too about him. Uh, Dominic, you're saying it's a huge sign they can get him the first first team contract and uh Riasco coming back from loan is big and good news as well. Um, Babita's just co-signing on the fact that you're saying that he might get some time during the international window next year. You know, that's part of this too. Of course, we've talked about 51 games and the amount of physical wear, mental wear that the guys and, and everybody went through. They have to also build in depth. And a big part that can help depth is the youth, but it's got to be youth yeah. that can step in. Yeah. You know, there's got to be youth that can come in and give you big mi minutes. And so for Vasquez, um, you know, I know Tanner was talking about they're obviously currently negotiating, as you mentioned, the deal to have him get a homegrown player contract. Uh, Jim was saying we're going to replenish like every team does, a couple tweaks here and there. They have, you know, we have some young ones coming up, which is a real weapon we have as a club and our academy is strong. You know, they're saying all the right things. We get it. You know, homegrown has been the bread and butter of the Philadelphia Union. That is their philosophy that they build these guys up. But at, you know, for a U-17 uh, World Cup com competitor and David Vasquez for the U.S. youth men's national team, uh, youth men's, yeah, youth national <laughs> team, you just, it, it's not a sure thing. And I struggle with that. And I've always struggled with that. And I say this on every show. You know, I love the upswing of potential of youth, but I also get nervous because yeah. there's so many things that can go wrong. Injuries, as we even talk about the anxiety of playing in the big lights and big moments, you know, that's it's not for sure. So I, I appreciate the excitement and potential of David Vasquez, but mm -hmm. I'm really paying attention to see, okay, what other moves are being made? Yes, we can talk next man up all you want about the youth, but what about next man up being a man? That's actually played at this level that is now transitioning into the union from, yeah. as we've talked about, European country, you know, leagues and and things like that. So 
cool on David Vasquez, but I'm still, I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's cute, but I'm still waiting for more. No, but the important <laughs> point that we always talk about too, like, you know, I look at the, the classes of the homegrown. So like, mm -hmm. I look at, it starts like with Mark McKenzie, Brandon Aronson, Anthony Fontana. Then you look now with Paxton Aronson, Quinn Sullivan, Jack McGlynn, Nathan Harriel. Right. What's that next one? What is that next class right. look like? Because I do think that. I do want the union to spend more. Don't get that to us. I want the union to spend more, especially yeah. when you're looking for those key pieces to get you into this weekend's game. I want them to spend on that. But I still understand the premise of why we use the academy and why we build from that as well. But we're looking for those next players. Can it be David Vasquez? Uh, obviously, we saw Anton Sorensen didn't, didn't get his option picked up, so that's something that didn't pan out. So mm -hmm. we need to find those next pieces there after these kids that we just had that are going to have a bigger role, a.k.a. Jack McGlynn and Nathan yep. Harrell next year. Bingo, bingo. And that's something, I mean, Jack McGlynn and Nathan Harrell specifically have been ones, I know Jim was talking about, expecting to be regular starters. And, For sure. And that is the expectation. They've, they had a great season this past year. Uh, oh, yeah. Jack was very steady from the year before, of course. And so now it's time to see their role evolve. And so that next year does have to be developed of – Okay, you know that you do need the layers of age-wise, talent-wise, of uh, being able to have uh, when you want to talk next player up mentality, have that next year that you're building. So the youth right now has definitely been evolving, and so that's been great. I also enjoyed hearing. Um, I know Jim Curtin was talking a lot about the pillars that the union are looking to stick to this upcoming Always. season, um, and so Jim Curtin was talking a lot about two of the main pillars for the team. One is developing within, which you know, as we know, with the homegrown talents. And homegrown players has been a big aspect for the Philadelphia Union of their success over the years. And I know it's as we look over the years, it's Brendan Aronson, Paxton Aronson, it's Mark McKenzie. There's so many guys that have come through the ranks for the union that have been very successful, whether in the MLS or even abroad. And they're going to continue to improve that. And that's what Jim's talking a lot about, wanting to continue to develop players, coaches, staff members of the club, wanting to continue to make sure they're taking those leaps individually and as a team. And we've seen that happen. Someone like Jesus Bueno, a great example. I mean, comes in and as a midi, you know, earns a contract extension, played, uh, you know, had a career high 24 appearances and proved that he is a valuable asset and part of this team. So the ability to add and then develop are two keys that I love about what the union have been able to do. In addition to the fact of having a cohesive group, JP, that's been such a big part of this team that they are very big on camaraderie, cohesion. And that's a big reason why when we get to Ali Bedoya talks, they are there's the, you know, c consideration and, and potential of bringing someone like Ali back because they're very big on making sure that they have their core family, you know, team chemistry, team cohesion among the group that regardless if it's an MLS game or an international game. They know they've always got that, that as their backbone. Yeah, and that's what they always say. Like, you know, we always come at the union because they don't spend the big money on the messy type of players. Mm -hmm. But there's a reason for that. The philosophy within this team is that a group of 11 is much better than one significant yes. one single player. And that will not change. And I, and I think I agree with that. Because I think if you even look at this weekend, the two teams that are playing in the finals, mm -hmm. they have some depth. They're pretty deep teams. That's why they're in the spot that they're in. So it's it's important to not only have a strong eleven, but also have those those key role players coming yeah. off the bench. A Christian Armidas who comes in for thirty minutes and gets you key goals for a win. So that's what the union I think need to look for now. They have a strong eleven. They have that strong cohesive unit. We'll talk about Allie in a second, but mm -hmm. they need to they need to find the eighteen, not the eleven. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Getting more depth, getting more players. Uh, welcome in Sean C into the chat. I know What's you're up, talking Sean? about the prospect of David Vasquez, who would be one of those young guys, of course they'd be able to develop um, is exciting to you because of how the union have gotten screwed in the past. When you look at someone like Darbo, um, you know, yeah. I think there have been, unfortunately times it hasn't panned out yeah. and there have been times where you take that gamble and, and a player never really reaches expectations. Um, and that's where we've seen guys that have been on loan or, you know, Craig, we're looking at you, uh, Brendan Craig. But you <laughs> or know, or they can put a dog hat, the dog pound. Like Ant I remember Anthony Fontana. I mean, how many times oh he, you're wondering like, why is he not coming on the pitch? And you know, it's he's in the dog pound. I, 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 I was one that was a, I was a fan. 
I was a Fontana fan. He's a good kid. Fan. He's a good kid. I miss yeah, him. Yeah, I was definitely a Fontana fan, for sure. But that's the thing. They're ha- oh, my gosh. Wow, you just took me. It's like you just triggered a whole emotion. <laughs> unlocked a memory. <laughs> yeah, my God. You just unlocked a whole memory because I just remember uh, 2020 when he was, like, electric yeah, on the pitch. a couple of games. Like, we just bangled. Yeah, and bangled. it was like a, a pair of goals here. And it was like, where'd this guy come from? And then he kind of <laughs> disappeared. So, Yep, let's hope that's not the case anymore really? uh, because we definitely don't want to have those same types of issues. You want to make sure you're bringing in someone like David Vasquez and and developing them to be able to, uh, you know, play at a high level. So, Jim, just a couple other quotes. He was saying, you know, we're going to have to be innovative and creative and looking forward, we're going to focus on their three pillars. Um, you know, of course, he was talking about cohesion. He was also talking about development. Um, I forget what the third pillar was, but talking about, you know, getting back to some things, improving things and just taking a break. You know, and then and then going at it all over again, trying to start all over again and get, you know, the team where they're supposed to be. So it's definitely time for them to have a rest, have a break, and then also be able to refocus as you're looking ahead to make sure that you are preparing. So, you know, what other great way to prepare than to go shopping? And you know, a little retail therapy sometimes me goes a long way. <laughs> hey, I love a good retail therapy and sometimes uh, it's needed. So over at FOCO, you have the opportunity to buy some merchandise, apparel, collectibles, bobbleheads, toys, you name it. They've got it at FOCO, the leading manufacturer for all things collectibles. And you can use the code PHLY10 that is on your screen and you can get 10% off of your purchase. I feel like Vanna White. And over at FOCO, you have an opportunity. Letter P, ding, letter H, ding, letter L, ding, Y, ding, and 10. PHLY, I'd like to solve the puzzle, please. PHLY10 for 10% off. That is correct. And you can be able to buy uh, merchandise, collectibles, bobbleheads, hats, sunglasses, They've got a whole bunch there at FOCO. So uh, that's funny because King Krabs, ironically, was just predicting a FOCO ad was coming. We've been that's 20 minutes weird. in Weird. I thought we were doing this for five minutes so Oh, far. wow. I didn't believe. Yeah, we are 20 minutes in. Wow. That's crazy. Look Time at King Krabs. Fun. King Krabs is becoming like a producer now, basically. <laughs> He's like, in our ear, hey, we're 20 minutes in. Drop the ad, please. Uh, FOCO ad launching in five, four, three. Um, wow. That's kind of weird, actually, that he just awesome. predicted that. Okay. Well, there you have it. So with that being said, JP, obviously with the roster news, mm-hmm. that wasn't all that we got. Yeah. There was there was much more that's come out. There were the conversations that Jim was having about the focus and the future and the team remains an MLS Cup contender and the hopes of the future. But beyond all of the fluff, if you peel back all the layers, we also got the wild, wild, wild thoughts that Kai Wagner and Ali Bedoya are still a potential option and i there's a chance (laughs) so there's a lot to unpack here but at the core of it is this jim Curtin was mentioning how and he said quote we'll have to find a solution that's best for alejandro that makes sense for the club that makes sense for him his family and that's our hope um he was also saying nothing's done or finished or anything like that but i think we all know what he's brought to the club how he helps the young players develop Finding and declaring that new role for Alejandro moving forward, whatever it is, it has to be a fit. And then we just heard more and more coming out that uh, for Ali, we'll start with him first. It's not a done deal. Obviously, he's out of a contract and uh, they would have to renegotiate to re-sign him for 2024. But it seems like that's still been a conversation that it's not a done deal that he's gone. For now, the door remains open, as they say. After some mistakes in communication, what is a mistake Seriously? here? Like, I don't, would you like forget to hit send on a message? Like, I don't get it. Like, what's the miscommunication here with your <laughs> captain since 2016? Here, I mean, I, I, I don't understand the situation, but I think at the end of the day, obviously, everybody in Philadelphia, including the union, want Alejandro Bedoya back, like, he needs to retire. As a union player, like there's certain Philly sports athletes that you look at and you think to yourself, that that man needs, hopefully women soon, that man needs to retire in that uniform. Mm -hmm. I I mean, we screwed up with Dawkins and we cannot allow this to happen with Bedoya. So I I want him to, there has to be some type of number that you can come up to an agreement with. Obviously, Ali's not coming back. I don't, I don't think he's going to next year. With Ali as a starter. I just don't see how he can be a consistent starter. Right. I see him as a rotational piece. Obviously, he's more important as a voice in that dressing room. But there has to be a number that both sides can agree upon. Mm-hmm. Like, well, uh, did you guys know Ali played in 28 games this past season? Uh, had seven assists, no goals. 
And you want to know how many minutes he finished with? Because this kind of like, I was like, <gasps> when I heard this. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Oh Ali finished with 2020 minutes. It's 2020. It's, it's 2020 to me is like six, six. I'm not even going to finish yeah. it. It's like 13. Like there's certain sure. numbers that scare me. I like so when I even read that, I was like, <gasps> oh no. Um, but then it was like, it kind of made sense why we're still getting some tomfoolery at this point of now the reports coming out. There have been some mistakes in communication. I know Jim Curtin was speaking on that as well um, about, you know, Ali, but also just him and his impact on the team. And it makes me frustrated because when this initially was leaked in October, as we're now into December, it was confusion that, you know, in quick and passing, Ali was told he's not coming back next season. It was during the international break yeah. prior to the regular season finale a decision day game against New England that we're hearing the news. What's, you know, what do you mean Ollie's not coming back? What do you mean this is how he found out? And now you fast forward, the season's over. Yeah. And allegedly there were some mistakes in communication. And now I'm frustrated for many other reasons because that means we didn't have to have the last month and some change of all these conversations about is this the final time we're seeing Ollie? Is this the, you know, how could they do him like that? You saw the guys, whether it was, you know, Jacob Glesnitz or Daniel Gazdag that were posting about him and supporting him. And to me, that's so frustrating because he is your captain. He is your, he is your go. I know uh, Jose Nunez, What's you're up, talking Zay? in the chat. What's up? Welcome in. Um, and you and, and Babita, you're talking about him. Babita's saying, Badoya equals, you know, he's like, Jerome out there. Uh, Jose's talking about Stefan. Uh, Fry 37, who just got a nice legend treatment in terms of a new contract yeah, and honest Seattle. legacy. Like, there's options here. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You have the potential to bring him back for one year. I don't think he should be a starter because I think the team as a whole, roster-wise, I'd love to see them get to a point where he's coming off the bench. That would say a lot to me about the rise of the bar of talent. Yeah. If Ali's not your main cog in the wheel starting midfielder, but coming off the bench giving you some great minutes. But to, to have heard the news, he's out. This is how he found out he's not coming back next year to now being told it was a miscommunication is sad because I wonder how much of that just impacted the team. Yeah. You know, you have, I know they, we had Julian Carranza on and he was claiming, you know, we don't talk about these things, but they're human. Yeah. Even if you're, I know you guys always want to say as men, you don't show emotion, you don't this and that, but you're human. And to see one of your brothers being treated that way, Jim obviously wasn't happy about it. Now it just forces you to have to ask or answer, I should say, questions and pressers about it. You're being asked about it and, you know, you see it on social media. You see the you see the constant chatter about it all to find out it was a miscommunication. I have a theory. Oh? I think that the miscommunication, and this is just a theory. This is just a theory. The miscommunication, I think it stems from Ernst. Because when okay. I think of Ernst, like, listen, he's German, he's cold, he only cares about winning. I could see him just kind of just thinking about Ali and the future plans and thinking, well, why would Ali fit into this? He's older, he's obviously regressing. Like, So I yeah. think that the miscommunication and this issue may have stemmed from Ernst. Uh, and then once you see Jim and the core of the dressing room saying, like, this man needs to come back. Ernst is like, well, all right, well, I mean, it's not a terrible idea. And you know, Ali didn't play terribly at the end of the season as well. So let's let's figure something out. Let's figure out some type of number. But it, it, I think it may have stemmed from Ernst. It is a weird situation because, like you said, we could have alluded at least a third of our drama that yeah, we like, handled. We didn't need that drama. Good third. Good chunk of that could have been alluded. If we would have just communicated properly here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, okay. So I'm going to take your theory and raise it another theory because okay. – uh, Tanner did come out and say some more quotes. He was saying, nobody doubts about what Ali Bedoya has done for the club. We also need to see where we're going in the future. We're basically thinking in cycles. And the future cycle for the next five years is definitely too long for a player who's 36 turning 37 years of age. That's clear. Obviously, we know that. But at the same time, there are possibilities and we need to see what kind of role we can foresee in, for him. And I think the discussions are going on so far. So those are the types of things... I would have loved to have heard in October. This and me, how hard was first that? First of all, too? it makes complete sense. Like we all understand, in your thirties is old for an athlete. Yeah, we're very aware of that. And to be thirty-six, going on thirty-seven, and as you talk about and as we've seen, we see the way his career is moving. 
he is more of a of a just he's a leader, he's a voice, he's a role player, but he's not going to be the one that you're leaning on in big moments. He's not the game changing player, and we understand that. So these types of comments are the ones that should have been said back in October. Because I'm sure Ali also understands this. He feels it. He sees it. This is a team that has a lot of homegrown. They're bringing a lot of youth. He doesn't fit into that picture. He's the the older guy at the corporate job that's been there for 30 years. That's like, all right, or 40, 50 years. And it's like, all right, my contract's getting a little bit high. He's asking I'm about to, to get bought out. Yeah, I'm about <laughs> to get bought out. So uh, it makes sense to me. But my theory is not only was Ali playing well at the end of the season, but to see the way everybody responded and rallied around him had them backpedaling. Even Jim, it was evident Jim and Ernst were, were on different pages and disagreeing. And I feel like as you talk about that cohesion, which is one of the pillars of this team, what better way to keep the cohesiveness than to keep Ali Bedoya? If he's not coming back next year, it's going to create a ripple effect because he is the, he is like the, um, What's oh my gosh! I, I was gonna say a metaphor and I just forgot it. Ali's He's the, the the wall. What are those walls in your house that that you can't take down because the <laughs> the wall in your house you can't knock down because it's a it's a, a load bearing wall. Okay. Right. Okay. I'm on my HGTV bag and none of y'all are getting it, but me. Okay. Cool. That's fine. <laughs> metaphor over everyone's head. He's okay. He's the one that's holding things up. Basically, is what I was trying. Wow. None this of y'all. This is why we love Renee because we're learning something new every day. You've never heard wow. of like a load bearing wall. When when eight when HGTV is on, it's usually one of the fathers at my house are watching it, and so I'm walking away. Okay, okay. Look up a load bearing wall sometime. It's like it's not always the biggest wall. Okay, my metaphor is coming back, guys. I'm circling back. I'm connecting the dots here. It's not always the biggest wall. Okay. But it's usually like a kitchen wall or living room wall that somebody wants to knock down because they want to open up the floor plan. Come to find out that small wall has a really big part in holding the entire house up. Okay. That is Ali Bedoya, guys. Here, I brought you back. I brought you all around, full circle. Ali Bedoya is the load-bearing wall. You don't realize you need him until you're going to knock, knock it out and get rid of him. And then you realize, holy crap, if we get rid of Ali, the whole infrastructure might fall. Yeah. See where I'm going with here? You picking like up on what I'm putting down now? I like Lord. that. Gotta We're educate you guys here. all the time. We're learning here. We're learning. So I think with all the backlash, my theory is that Ernst realized in order to maintain and manage control of this team, mm-hmm. I have to keep that load-bearing wall in effect. I might have to tweak it because there are ways to keep that wall in and do some construction that looks a little different, but I have to find a way to keep it. And I think Ali needs to have his contracts and whatever else needs to be constructed in a way that makes sense for the team. But also makes sense, most importantly, to keep him. You know, I mean, like if you watch (laughs) the union play without Alejandro Bedoya compared to when he's in there, you can see the difference. Yeah. When he's in there, they're playing with much more intensity. They're playing energetic and you cannot slack off because if you do, you're going to hear a mouthful from your captain. You don't want to hear that. So it is definitely important to have him in there. It's just a stressful situation that we all can avoid. And you guys can also avoid stressful situations as well, because with our sponsor, Game Time App, you guys, we have the best form of buying tickets here for any type of event, whether it be sporting or concert, whatever it may be, game time has got you. Head right, head to the tailgate right before that Flyers or Sixers or Eagles game. Hang out with your buddies. Have a couple drinks. Don't worry about the tickets. Right beforehand, use the app, and they got you covered over there. So for our first-time users, you can use the promo code PHLY for $20 off. That's right. P-H-L-Y is a code. $20 off is the discount. Make sure you guys check them out. And thank you to our friends over at Game Time App. Yes. And thank you, Babita, who clearly understood my reference, I think, and said, I'm a real one. That's right. I'm a real one. I don't cheat. I compete. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Ali Bedoya, the future is still unknown, but we, what I do love about Alejandro is he's one that will, he's also a real one. You know, anytime I see him, he'll give a hug. He'll say hello. So how, how are you? How are things? Very genuine, very down to earth. On the other side, Kai Wagner is a little different. Um, I, I don't know specifically, I'm not going to act like Kai and I are best friends and I can speak on his personality, but what I can speak on is just what we've seen from Kai Wagner. Now, what I also am a little bit confused about of course, everybody was on the pay Kai trail and then Kai dropped the, you know, in the incident, dropped some racial slurs, that racial incident. He's suspended for three games. Of course, he didn't have a chance to fulfill all three games because he even got knocked out. Um, but now all of a sudden, everybody had kind of made peace with Kai being done in Philly. 
and didn't want Kai Wagner to come back to the union. So now not only have we heard the reports that potentially Bedoya is staying, but there also is potential for Kai Wagner to stay as well. Um, and I know, again, Ernst was talking about him saying there is an offer out for him. And I got the feedback that it's very much appreciated what we offered. Um, but there's no decision until yet. I'm just waiting for the feedback. So it's pending, but it's still not a definite yes or no that he'll be moving. Mm. So with that, um, I'm not as I'm not as sold as Bodoya coming back. I actually don't know. I'm very torn because Kai, the soccer player, I'd love to have back, but knowing that he made racial comments, I don't, I don't know that I want, I don't want him back. Like I, I, I know always in these situations in like Kai will go off, he'll do some educating and all the, you know, all the politically correct things to show he's learned from the incident. But as someone that's dealt with my fair share of misogynistic, racist, sexist, or even seen people do homophobic slurs, whatever discriminatory slurs I've seen, um, or the ones I personally heard to myself, to me, it, I have a hard time looking past that. And I know we've talked about it in the show before, but where are you on this, JP? Do you want Kai back? Um, so I personally don't want him back. And it's for a couple of different reasons. I, I think for me personally, I think Kai does deserve a second chance. But I don't think that second chance should be in Philadelphia. That's a good point. So, look, he may have learned his lesson. And I do believe in second chances wholeheartedly. But I think with this situation, with the fact that what we have done as a mm -hmm. team to kind of make a stand towards racism and for one of your star players to come out and do this, like, guys, this doesn't look good at all. Mm -hmm. And on the other point, on the soccer point, yes, Kai Wagner is one of the best left backs in the MLS. We all know this. But I also do believe that it was fatiguing last year. Like, just yeah. not just the Kai situation, but overall, it was just fatiguing. And just seeing, like, the team run out the same thing every single match, match in and match out, like, I'm a little bit tired of that. I think this yeah. team definitely needs some new faces, some fresh blood as well. I, I mean, I, I know we have our core players still, and we'll see with Allie. And it does seem like Kai Wagner did restate. There was a negotiation. There was um, um, an offer sent over to Kai's camp. It was appreciated from what we understood. From mm -hmm. us. So, okay. So they, they are in discussions here, but I just think that what, like, let's, let's find that neck, that next Kai Wagner. Let's yeah. find that fresh option there. And I mean, for Kai Wagner as well, like it's interesting because I feel like now that he is a free agent, the opportunity to go to Europe is, is much more feasible now than it was a couple months ago. Wouldn't you want to go get that? Just thinking for Kai's sake, but who knows? Maybe the situation maybe has hampered his value overseas. Yeah. Maybe teams in Europe don't view him as they used to. So it is an interesting situation. I'm more on the lines where I think we both need to part ways. But we'll yeah. see how this does play out. Yeah, I I agree. I think that, um, you know, I see in the chat, but is saying it, it's going to be weird rooting for Kai if he returns. I know, Sean, you're mentioning a couple of things, including the fact that you know, based off of Kai's Instagram, you don't get the vibe that he's someone that's, you know, moving on. And you definitely, uh, as Sean's talking about, and you did get that vibe a little bit, Jim and Ernst weren't fully um, okay with the fact that Kai was the only one punished over the incident. Now, that's yeah. a whole other whole other topic. Um, and I know we spoke too. about that. What's that? It was brought up again. Yeah, yeah. They're clearly still irritated by it. But I know, as we talked about on the show, the hard part is you're going based off of it's he say, she say. Yeah. And it's, it's Kai's word, it's Kai's word versus their word. And unfortunately there's, I don't know that there's anybody else besides Kai to validate and, and co-sign on what he said. If things were said to him that were, you know, disrespectful about his family, I don't, there's nobody else that can corroborate that story. I so I put my detective hat on, like, I don't think there's enough information and, evidence to show kai is correct because that that point got brought up as well if someone is coming at me about my wife and kids my first inclination is not to say something racist correct to be honest with you my first inclination is i want to i want to put my hands on them honestly mm -hmm. not to say something racist so like i just don't see how that that's not concerning to anyone the fact that that was the result of what Bobby would what Bobby would say. Oh, listen, all everything that we are saying as well is just from yeah. what we're hearing in allegations. But if it's true, what Bobby would said, like that is wrong. But that still does not make justice for Kai Wagner's racial slurs. No, and that's where I also 
don't think the response matches the story because I agree with you. Like if someone was to come at me and say things that Bobby would allegedly was talking about with Kai with his family, I agree with you. I'm laying hands. You know, someone's going to have to hold me back. And Kai's reaction was never that. You didn't see him jumping at Bobby Wood. Really you didn't scary. see, like, uh, uh, when somebody attacks your personal, who you are personally, your family, your, you know, things that are so important to you, you don't, you see red. Oh, You're yeah. immediately <laughs> jumping in and reacting. You don't jump in and say, like, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm not just going to walk away and, and say some, ex, you know, disrespectful things. I'm, I'm coming. First of all, I'm stepping to your face. And I actually think if I had seen him kind of step to, to Bobby Wood and then say something racist, now I actually could see that. That matches. But if someone's saying something about your family, JP, your family is blah, 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 blah. You're not going to keep walking away and like whisper a racial slur. Absolutely not. So I, that's where I, I have a hard time believing it. I'm not saying he's wrong. But it just the actions, the the response don't really match up, at least to how we would respond. If you're talking about my mom, my dad, my family, I don't have kids. God willing, one day I will. My future children. If you're talking about me, I'm I'm coming at you. Nice. Someone's separating us. Like yeah. I'm getting heated just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm literally getting mad. So that being said, I agree with the fact that okay, if Kai strongly feels something was disrespectfully said to him. They should support him, but I still don't agree with the fact that he used a racial slur. Someone attacking you is not a reason to come back and say something racist. It's yeah. not. And I think for a lot of union fans, I think it's the whole comfortability. You know who Kai Wagner is. You know yeah. you will have success with Kai Wagner on the pitch. It's but safe. I, as I always say, the easy option, Renee, is not always the best option. So just keep that and in I, mind. And I do feel it's time for some fresh, some fresh voices in in the locker room and some fresh faces. Now, I don't think it needs to be all homegrowns. I'd like a nice <laughs> blend. I've said that time and time again. And I'm just going to keep saying it until I manifest and it happens. I love a nice blend of youth and then also bringing in some For veteran sure. talent. But I do think the union, having had the success that they've had the last years, uh, was it five straight postseasons that they went to? And obviously, we know, get to the MLS Cup last year, winning and getting to international success within the uh, in-season tournaments, yeah. the union have accomplished a lot. And it's just now time to bring in someone fresh to help them take that next step. So I agree with some of the comments, JP, about I don't I don't think it was a matter of um, anything else except it's just time for someone new. I don't feel like I can root for Kai. Yeah. And I also would, and I would Tyler and I were talking about this a little bit too, like his stock has gone down with everybody that was interested in him, but also internally with the union, his stock has gone down that you're not as excited. I, I'm now looking at the union if he comes back. Yeah. Like, forget just Kai. I'm questioning where are you at all, all on all of this? Because I still haven't heard anything official in terms of a statement or anything. Um, you just kind of moved on. He got his three-game suspension. The MLS doesn't stand by and whatever else, but only gave him a slap on the wrist of three-game suspension. And then you bring him back. To me, I'm now questioning the entire organization, which is not fair. So I say it's time Cut your losses, move on, bring in someone else, develop someone else, JP. It, you know, I, when I think of Kai Wagner now, like I get like that, like I get that, like that disdain like, yeah, type of face, like that, that, that stank face a little bit. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh, Kai, Kai. Uh. But no, like I, I like the point you brought up there. Like we played a crap ton of soccer, not only in 2023, mm -hmm. but just over the last five years between the playoff runs, mm -hmm. US Open Cup. We went, made it to the Champions League semifinals twice in three seasons. That is a lot of soccer for this group of players. So that's why my point is some fresh faces, some fresh blood would definitely do well for this team. And you keep that core intact because that's obviously what's going to keep that culture alive. But mm -hmm. some fresh faces definitely could help out this team for sure. Yeah. And one of those fresh faces would not be John McCarthy. Sean, I love the fact that you brought up John McCarthy, though. Hate the fact that someone suggested signing him. John and I are classmates. So there we both go. came out of LaSalle in 2014 together. Why would you I say that? Now that you're going to get so many DMs. Yo, Renee, bring back John. His wife, Jackie, was on the soccer team with me. There you go. Like she and I, again, same class year. I remember when they met. That's a crazy, hilarious story, by the way, how they're dating. Uh, work through. I've talked to John a few times just to like say congrats and, you know, winning MVP, winning at the MLS Cup. Obviously, last year, I was kind of like, oh, wow, it's my former classmate going against my team. Like it's it was a cool moment. Obviously, he's from Cinnaminson and he's a local guy and he's done a great job with LAFC. I don't think the union are picking up John McCarthy, especially as a number two backup keeper option. Um, but I did love the fact that I saw his name in the chat because I'm like, oh, 
That is wow. You want to talk about moments? Like here we are, twenty twenty three, coming up on my ten year college reunion, and it was uh, ten years ago that him, myself, and one of my other teammates were making our step into the pros, and he's the only one still going. But that that is a good good segue because obviously Bendix option or Bendix out yes. of the contract, so you are going to need a backup goalkeeper. Um, Ernst did mention mm -hmm. that Holden Trent. Obviously, we we talked about his option did get pick up right. picked up, and he's going to be battling out with Brooks Thompson probably for that third spot, but not necessarily for that second spot. So there's going to be someone brought in here. Yeah. I get the John McCarthy nostalgia again. It's the easy thing. It's what he you're comfortable honestly, with. Honestly, he should have been here. Yeah. He should still be here. Yeah, he want, This is where he always wanted to be. Yeah. Him, Ryan Richter, like there have been talents. Obviously, Chris Donovan is still here. There are a lot of talented soccer players right from this area. And unfortunately, it was John McCarthy going and winning an MLS Cup that really had people like, oh, wait a minute. He is from this area. He should have still <laughs> stayed here. So not going to happen. He's living his best life on the West Coast for sure. It's important <laughs> because Andre Blake obviously misses a significant amount of time yes. playing with Jamaica. So it's an important job to have. I definitely feel like going outside the box, this one would probably be the best, but I don't think you need to go back to the MLS market. You could find someone throughout Europe, maybe like mm -hmm. in the late twenties, right? Come in here and, and be that, that great uh, replacement for Andre Blake when need be. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be McCarthy guys. I, I hate to break it to everyone and think about it like this too. His time at LAFC, he's really raised his stock as well. Uh, yeah. You, you, That's why I said it's too late now because he's not going to settle for what the union, the scraps they're going to want to pay him. Like he's won a title. He's about to win another title. He gets named MVP. He's He literally was all over the soccer world, like broke the internet last year because of the way he stepped in and in the MLS Cup was phenomenal. He also was then going viral as well because he saved the shot against Messi at one point. Yeah. And people were like, he's the only goalkeeper that saved the shot. It was like, a, it's like <laughs> almost like a breakaway chance. Listen, the Philadelphia Union cannot afford John McCarthy. I hate to say that, but just at this point, you can't afford him. I put in a, my best word I can, but also uh, I don't think they are at any point want to move back into Philly, um, even as LaSalle grad. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that that the stock, the retail value has gone up a little bit, and uh, he was a nice fixer-upper, and now he's a million-dollar house. Okay. I'm looking outside. <laughs> I'm say my HCV, but well, good for John, man. He's had a great, great couple <laughs> of years. He's... Uh, honestly, since he's lost the the, the headpiece, he had a lot of concussions. Good. He had a That's ton true. of concussions, and so that was the only way. At, at one point, he wasn't going to be able to keep playing because of how many concussions he got. And it was like you either wear this rugby headpiece or you're done playing. And so he's worn it and he kept playing. Um, I know Jose is chiming in as well, talking about McCarthy as a free agent makes less money than Bendik. Yeah, but I don't think that he's gonna. I don't. I, I imagine his his stock is about going to get that up. Matthew Della yeah, Dova love. His, this and year. of course, LAFC is in the MLS Cup this weekend. Um, so it's yeah, his his numbers are still going up, and he's just a very good goalkeeper that I don't think would want to be a number two for Andre Blake. Um, all right. That being said, there's a lot of other things to run through, a lot to talk about. Um, because the it's it's been it's been quite a time these last this last week. The last week definitely has been, it's not even, it's only Tuesday, that's crazy. But the last couple of days, I should say, um, have been a lot of news and updates. I know, I love the fact that Jim was still talking about switching back over, talking about trophies and winning a title. Jim was talking about, of course, still feeling as though that's very much what this team can do. <clears throat> Felt like should. this team has been just as good as the best that were in the conference finals. And of course, now in the MLS Cup, that the union are right there in that discussion JP, I think technically, yes, they are in that discussion. But for sure, I think in terms of effectively producing and, you know, winning when it matters most uh, and stepping up, you know, I think the union are still missing some of those pieces to consistently be in that conversation. That makes sense. I think it's again, like, I, I think this team, it just needs they need to fill out the roster. That's yeah. all it is. Like, I think they have strong pieces. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit down on Gaza, Carranza, especially Ura, like, that that playoff game against Cincinnati, geez Louise, that's a rough last mm. image to kind of go into the offseason. But mm. like I think a lot of the problem is too, like there was a lot thrown on to these guys as far as what was on their plate between just the responsibility, the amount of minutes that these guys were playing as well. So this team really needs to buckle down and not mm -hmm. you you can't waste an opportunity to find depth pieces. I get what you, what Jim is saying about Joaquin Torres and Andres Pereira, but like they didn't fit. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone can just tell you, like, they, they just did not fit. So, like, you need to find those players that do fit. 
like Joaquin Torres, I get he he provides creativity, especially mm-hmm. in the attack. But I mean, he's a little bit small and he holds on to the ball a little bit too much. Andres Pereira is not really a fine-tuned defensive player. Right. You need to find those players that fit. And you need to build out this <clears throat> roster. I mean, Corey Burke and Paxton Harrison, those are huge losses. Ugh, I don't think it's talked about enough. I still would wish they could be here. And that's really all it is, right? They got to build out the rest of this team. It's it's just imperative. Uh, on, the, on the note on Andres Pereira, it looks like he might get sold to NYCFC. They're negotiating. Yes. Uh, it's still ongoing as well. Obviously, he's back with Philly. But um, if you're, listen, if they're negotiating with NYCFC, it better not be no cheap deal. You better get every <laughs> penny out of NYCFC. That's a rival. Yes. Uh, you don't sell your players for cheap <laughs> to them. Um, no, so that, as you talk about wanting to, to lock in and, and bring in guys that can help. Of course, I, I did enjoy the fact that Ernst was saying that Julian Carranza was an obligation, um, that someone that was a priority for them to make sure that they picked up his contract for option. Sure. So obviously in the last two seasons, he's had 28 goals, 15 assists over the last uh, two seasons for the, for him. He's 23. And, you know, Ernst was talking about a lot of interest that we knew and we've all known um, that Carranza has drawn recently. So it would have been, he was saying it would have been easy to sell him in the summer, to be honest, but we try to keep the team together as far as possible. And, uh, you know, this will not be the case in the future. I mean, if there is an offer, of course, with a one-year remaining contract duration, that's something you need to adjust accordingly. Otherwise, you might not have the resource to go and get somebody else in particular. AKA, Julian was getting a lot of interest in the summer, could have taken the deal, decided not to take the deal, and now they're only going to move him if they can get somebody else to replace him. So it just, I don't love that quote, but I mean, it's what we already know. You know, he's, he's someone that we know has been getting a lot of interest. I'm intrigued to who they would replace him with because right. we talked about it. You got to dish that dough and like, being cheap. yeah, you can't like, listen, 1.7 mil for a guy like, Ura, like that's great and all, but like, I mean, I want it like closer to five mil. Like that, mm-hmm. that's what we're kind of looking at here. Like the days of nickel and diamond, like it cannot be <laughs> any more sugar, man. It's like, I think it's crazy too. Like we're not asking like a, 10 20 million dollar player like, i'm just asking for a simple like five million dollar striker that's who's it. gonna come in five and bang million. goals when i need it the most that's it that's absolutely it spend your money wisely and you know where else you can spend your money wisely over at hero bread because hey. hero bread allows you to eat healthy nutritious fluffy delicious bread and with them you get options that are high fiber ultra low net carbs zero gram sugar per slice and also allows you to eat breads that have fewer calories than the leading national brand so over at hero bread they've got Sliced breads, buns, tortillas, a lot of different options for you. They fit every allergy, diet, lifestyle need that you may have. And they make it nice and easy for you to shop over at Hero.co. You can purchase their bread using code PHLY, gets you 10% off, and allows you to save money while you're also eating right. So go over to Hero.co, or you can also shop for them at Amazon. Use code PHLY and get 10% off your purchase at Hero Bread. So I know there was mention, um, of course, we've been talking about John McCarthy Talking about LEFC, which leads us to talking about the MLS Cup specifically. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, Sean is saying I'm already showing my hand. I'm picking LA over the crew. Ah, uh, well, actually, first before we even talk about that game, congratulations. I don't even know if I was surprised at all by this, but for Messi being named the uh, Times Magazine Athlete of the Year for 2023, congrats for an honor for him, in order for him, I should say. Um, obviously, we all know all that Messi has accomplished and done, but. Just adds another, like, athlete of the year, greatest of all time type of award. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. Also, there were some other news around the MLS uh, because, of course, we're getting, um, you know, a lot of changes that are happening. So down in D.C., the United uh, have a new GM that they brought on board, and Charles Boehm, who we, we had on the show last week, I guess that was. Wow, that's weird. That feels like it was Not weeks flies. ago. Yeah, he wrote <laughs> about it. So congrats to D.C. United for bringing in McKay that they brought on board. Um, and then, of course, there's the Adidas MLS College Showcase that's getting started. And as someone that's been in that process, it's chaotic. It's exciting. It's a lot of emotion. That is happening December 6th to 9th, which means tomorrow it's getting started in Phoenix, where they're going to have the uh, showcase as well as the MLS Super Draft. So exciting times for the next generation that's hoping to one day be in the MLS and maybe even at MLS Cup. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. So um, I know I was looking through the full list of 44 names and I'm like, oh, I wonder which of these names are going to end up making a big splash. Uh, Because, again, as you talk about John McCarthy, this is my last time mentioning him. I remember as we were going through the process, it was the NWSL Super Draft or Draft, the MLS Super Draft. 
And he was one of those names that was in the, you know, in the pool. And it's 44 guys that are uh, in the list for the MLS College Showcase and uh, hoping that one day they can be a big name in the that's MLS big. themselves and, you know, ink their names as one of the best. So that's what makes all of this exciting when you look at the full circle of it. I know they always have the super draft and everything around the same time as the MLS Cup. And, uh, of course, with that being said, we'd love to have had the Union playing this upcoming weekend. But instead, we're looking at LAFC versus the Columbus Crew. The conference finals were insane, JP, that, which makes me hopeful but nervous that the MLS Cup, I just want a good game. Yeah, that's all you can really ask it, for. And obviously, like, we kind of set that bar high last year with that match. Exactly. Hell is real was good. Uh, it was as anticipated. I can see why maybe the MLS was pushing for that a little bit too hard. But okay, yeah. I mean, what a performance by Columbus. And like, it's just crazy. Like, Will Fernancy comes in this year. Um, mm -hmm. They bring in Rossi. They obviously sell Zella Ryan like through the season, like in the middle of the season, they sell Zella Ryan. It was like, he was the big piece of their last uh, MLS Cup final that they won in 2020. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like, it's crazy that they did that. Like in 2020, when MLS Cup, it's kind of like it was like a different personnel they had. Caleb Porter was the, running that under the helm there, and now it's Wilfred Nancy, it's Cucho Hernandez, Diego Rossi. It's 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 more attacking style, but they play just enough defense. Yep, it's it's a lot of fun. Then LAFC, I mean, it's it's still a lot of the same. Carlos Vela is a little bit a year older now, but <laughs> Danny Boang has been freaking insane this year, putting that team on the back, and they just overall play well and they had the same issues that we had kind of this year with a lot of soccer but they didn't use that excuse and they're in the mls cup finals which they're deserving as well they took care of business against houston but it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun mls cup finals it's not gonna be la so that's definitely big for, for yes. the crew it's gonna be nice cold ohio the entertaining fun state of ohio that it is so it's it should be a lot of fun. I I don't know who's gonna win this one. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. To yeah, I'm excited for it. I know uh you know Larry's gonna be out there. Our, our beat writer yeah, Larry's right. gonna be out there as well, and uh, he'll be able to chop it up since we obviously have some former um no we don't actually former union player no yeah actually I was thinking but he's still gonna be out there and providing some some great you know behind the scenes stuff that we can also drop in. But I will say it's great that, first of all, it's great we're finally at the MLS Cup because it feels like it took a long time to get here. But December 9th, <laughs> it's finally less than a week away. Finally, guys, we made it. Um, I, I do have one more tidbit to bring up because oh this happened before we recorded. Now, it's not done, but according to Tommy Bogues, we got the Bogue bomb. Luis Suarez and Inter-Miami will probably happen. And more than likely, it's not going to be a DP deal. But a TAM deal. So speaking of dish and dough, you know, Jay, what are we doing here, buddy? What are we doing? <laughs> it's going to be wild. Suarez, Messi, Busquets, Alba. I mean, bring Pep while, while we're at it here. I don't know. What else Jesus. do you want to bring in? Do you want to change the Miami uniforms to look like Barcelona there? Too? No, literally. <laughs> the stripes in it. My gosh. Oh, that's, that's. That's going to be tough to stop. That's painful. Twice that's, a year. that's rough. And the thing is, Miami's gonna have a full season of this, El Pistolera. this, this team. And it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting year. I'm curious how that's gonna look. But yeah. Wow. I'm a huge fan of uh Suarez game. Um and reuniting him with Messi is a scary, scary thing. So biting ears, Suarez. Come on now. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> See, but this is what happens when you're okay with spending money. You're literally getting Barcelona in the MLS through this because you want to spend money. Yeah. Like, that's it. A one-year deal. Because you want to win. Because you want to win. It's crazy. That, to me, is a, we're trying to win now. We're going to bring in, yeah. lock in Suarez, uh, and we're going to try to make sure that we're getting to the MLS Cup. Holy crap. Yeah, that's a little scary for you. So now, I mean, these are the types of things that, as we talk more in the offseason, of course, we've got one final game of the MLS 2023 season, and we'll have a chance all offseason to follow not only Philadelphia Union news, but every, you know, week as we're bringing Tuesday and Thursday shows, have a chance to talk through other moves because... Yeah. We have to watch. Other teams are making big moves, and the union have to be able to match that. You know, you're talking. I'm sorry. I hate to say this. You're talking about the inner Miami bringing in Luis Suarez. Meanwhile, on the other side for the union, oh boy, we're talking about. Oh, they brought back Joaquin Torres. 
Oh, the wrong you know. <laughs> <laughs> wrong oh, South David America. Vasquez of the U17 US Youth National Team. Like this is what we're talking about here, Luis Suarez. It, David Vasquez. Children. And and you know what? They might and just like we talked about with prospects in Major League Baseball, someone like David Vasquez might at some point grow to be a high caliber player. I'm not going to compare him to any names. I'm just going to say high caliber player. He might, but we also know what Luis Suarez is at 36. You know, he's, I guess, I think he's 36. He's banging goals, guys. That he's scoring <laughs> goals. goals. Oh my gosh. It's just fitting. It's just very fitting. You know, I, that's it. We should have just, our entire show should have just been the reports that Inter Miami is locking in on a deal with Luis Suarez for that one year deal. They're finalizing the details. The ink is drying, so to speak, on bringing a 36 year old Luis Suarez, who's considered one of the best. This Google when you Google him because I just want to see his age, but I love this. When you Google him, he's regarded as one of the best players of his generation, one of the greatest strikers of all time. And then we've got some other guys that the union are talking about locking in. Ah, oh, please, please, please! <laughs> this dear Philadelphia union, for my Christmas wish this year, all I ask <laughs> is you please as find it. some international talent that is established that has already cemented themselves as one of the best in their respective positions, preferably an attacker, preferably a forward or attacking midi that can come in and we know exactly what you're going to get from someone like Luis Suarez. Go find us a Luis Suarez, please. That's it. Yeah, and, and like we always talked about it, like we, we looked at the salaries, you know, we ranked the, where the teams were spending and like we, we've talked about before, it's not, it's not how much you spend, but it is how you spend it. But the thing is, Miami spending big dough on players who are yep. proven. Yep. So for the union, it's not necessarily have to find those proven players, but you have to find players of the quality who you can take that down. Look, Miami's going to have this strong core: Suarez, Messi. Hey, I know you Alba, keep saying that. You don't got to keep reminding us. <laughs> but Renee, what's what's that? What's that bench looking like though? What's yeah. that depth looking like though? And that's where you got to find those advantages. You know, Jim alluded to that the championship window is still open, and I, I agree with Jim as well, but this office is going to be extremely important. The, one of the things that the union have always prided themselves on is innovation. They do things a little bit different. They, they, they like to think outside the box. That's why they've been in the position they've been in over the past couple of years because that's what they do. They, they find different ways of winning where, you know, their teams, you know, maybe just looking on the surface where the union are looking off the surface. So got to find different ways. Mm. You have. To, I think it's so imperative no matter what you do, you're going to have to spend more money than you have before. You've you got to find those key players. Um, I mean, Julian Carranza's replacement needs to be around $5 million. I'm, I'm being dead serious. He needs to be around that $5 million value at least. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting. We have more teams her be making more moves as well. Uh, Thiago Almada in, in Atlanta, he's probably going to want to go to Atlanta. Or I'm sorry, over in Europe. What are they going to do? So many teams that we don't know what they're going to, what their future is going to be for 24. But eight, one, one move. That's all it takes sometimes. One move and change it around. That's all. That's all. You know, I look at someone like Luis Suarez, someone like Gareth Bale. You know, you can also have these guys that are veterans, that are true goal scorers, that you know, if, whether it's a starting role or coming off the bench late in the game, is going to help you make an impact. So, you know, lots more to talk about. What a what a Debbie Downer way of ending the show. But you <laughs> you were back on the positivity train, I felt like. I felt like you looped back around. That's right. I'm not. I wasn't there because I just, I mean, this is, Luis Suarez is one of those guys that every time I play FIFA, or I don't play FIFA anymore. I know some of you guys still do. But when I used to play FIFA, like, he was someone that I was always, sure. like, excited to have on my team. Um, but now, you know, in real life, he's... Headed. Okay. Okay. It's fine. You know what? Everything's fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. So that being said, we of course have the MLS cup on Saturday. Uh, we will have a chance to give our thoughts, especially Thursday yeah. as we have a special guest joining us as well. So we can dive deeper into that matchup and, you know, leading up to that, my initial thoughts are just please have a good game. Um, I love the fact that Columbus is coming off of a comeback, comeback win of being down to a winning three, two, and I feel like some of that momentum uh, can either be a good or a bad thing versus like a solid 2-0 win over Houston that LAFC had. But he, obviously LAFC has been here before and is now hoping to be the first team to repeat back-to-back -back since LA Galaxy did it in 2011-2012. So it's been over a decade since we've had back-to-back -back champs and LAFC is trying to do that. And we know has the pieces to do it. So my initial oh, thought is I'd love to see the underdog crew 
make it a nice, ugly, down-to-the-wire game. Maybe you do go to PKs. Maybe it's a goal in the final minutes. Hopefully not a controversial one. But I feel like <laughs> LAFC is going to win this one, unfortunately. Uh, or fortunately, depending uh, on if you're who you're a fan of. I just think that the whole like playing in Columbus thing is a big factor. Huge factor. I mean, we always talk about, you know, especially like in the 2000s, US, USA, Mexico, mm. you know, Mexico coming into Columbus Ooh. and that frigid cold weather with that crowd. Like it was always tough. LA, you know, they're coming from the glitz and the glamour <laughs> of LA sunshine. Now you got to go to cold, rustic, like Columbus, Ohio. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. do. I do feel like Columbus is more of the hot team right now. So I always stick with the hot teams. I'm going to go Columbus here. I, I, I love the way Columbus is playing right now. And I know Nancy. I've talked about them like too many times now. And I probably need to scale it back because, you know, I'm a union show. But I love the way that they move the ball. I love the way that they attack as a team. So uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I think on paper, I feel like it looks like LAFC should win. I think as we get closer to the weekend... You know, I could be swayed either way, but I definitely I could see either side of it. What is what I do like the most. Um, but the thing I also like, King Krabs, give us Mbappe. <laughs> That's how we're gonna end the show. Give us Mbappe, JP. <laughs> I agree. I agree, King Krabs. Break I like it. it. Let's make that happen. Mbappe to the union. Bam. KD, get on that phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us here at PHOI Union Podcast. Of course, we've got more on Thursday. We're Bringing you guys live shows every Tuesday and Thursday, 3.30 p.m. So we'll be back on Thursday as we get closer to the MLS Cup. We've got to recap what will be the final game of the 2023 season. And even if the union are not in it, we still got it. Let's still talk about it. We'll talk about that. Of course, I'm sure there will be more between now and then in terms of signings, deals, news, roster moves, pressers, whatever that we'll keep an eye on. So uh, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to follow. Be sure to tune in as we have more coming your way. So for JP... JP, I just pointed at JP. <laughs> JP, it's a Spider-Man. <laughs> for JP, Tyler, I'm Renee. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you back here for more on Thursday, 3.30 p.m. on PHOI Union Podcast. We all silly like the mayor. 